So next up on the web, uh, the podcast, I keep calling the podcast a webinar, I'm crazy, um, is Adam Cronister. I hopefully I've got that name right, Adam. You got Adam. it. You're, you're one of the few that actually can pronounce my last name, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my pet hates is, is guys with funny names, because um, yeah. I normally always get them wrong. But Cronister, yeah, that is, right. it is as it seems. Um, so for anyone who's not yet stumbled across you um adam can you give us just a bit of a background as to where you're based what you what you're doing a bit about you know how how long have you been in the industry for yeah absolutely so i have been in the industry since around 2009 uh based in spokane washington in the states um i've been you know, I, like I said, in the business since 2009, my background is actually software development. Um, however, I learned early on after college that I didn't really want to be a software developer. And so, uh, but I loved, I loved everything around software, web design, um, development, all that stuff. But uh, quickly realized there were uh, plenty of much uh, more intelligent developers and designers than I was. So it kind of left me you know, thinking what's next. And around that same time, I really got interested in um, digital marketing. I was working for a software agency at the time. I was a project manager. They had no marketing presence. And um, being a startup and being young and, and, a, and a hustler, I was like, hey, I see you guys have no marketing um, presence. I'm like, I could, I could do something. And they're like, sure, whatever. No one's doing it. So that's kind of how I got my start, and I've been really doing it ever since. I'm more on the client side, so I do mostly client work, uh, no real specific focus or niche. Um, I guess there's a, a few areas that uh, we, we tend to cover um, just by experience, and, and some of that's the travel-related, but we don't specifically niche ourselves um, into any area of focus. We've done everything from you know small mom-and-pops to you know enterprise-level uh, uh, companies. So. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> Everyone, it's amazing the people you run into and you get a bit about their background and how they get into it. And right, there's never two stories the same. It's always some weird ass way that people get into the the industry and <laughs> end up right. making making a career out of it. It's a uh, yeah, still still baffles me um, how I get into it. But yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's I one of those industries where it's, you know, I think you need a lot of cojones to get into SEO because, you know, you can't really go to college for it. I mean, I guess there's, you know, quote unquote courses now for SEO, but I, I kind of laugh when I see those. Um, and so it's it's a different beast. And so um, for me, I even though I, I don't consider myself like a, a cutting edge software development uh or software developer, I still have the hacker mindset. And I think it really takes a lot of that mindset, whether you're in development or not, to be in this industry and, and to survive. So, Yeah. Um, and talking about all that stuff, we obviously bumped into, into each other in Anaheim. Uh-huh. Um, right, right. So I've obviously seen you about online and stuff prior to that, but... Um, in various groups and, and whatever else online. Um, but how, how did you find the event in Anaheim? How, how did that go for you just on a personal level? I, I loved it. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. Um, 
I missed somehow I missed last year's event. And so I was really bummed out about that planning to go. I think I got first introduced to um, the SEO rock stars and NFG groups through the SEO uh, signals lab um, on Facebook. Uh, but this year I was like, I'm not missing it. Uh, and it's not one of those things that's widely advertised. I mean, but but I was beating down the door to get get there. And ironically, my wife was bugging me about bringing the kids to Disneyland. Um, I'm not a huge Disney fan myself, so it's kind of dragging my feet. But then uh, then I got the announcement; it was going to be in Anaheim, and I said, "Guess what? We're taking the kids to Disneyland." So they got to do their thing. I got to do my thing. Uh, you know, it was a business write off. Everybody's happy. So. Uh, of course, got to meet uh, meet from and learn from a, a number of um, awesome presenters, yourself included. So, yeah, no, it was uh, it was certainly a first for me over in um, Anaheim. I'd heard a lot of people talking about the event previously, and they said it would be more suited to me and you know the kind of things I talk about. And I kind of shrugged it off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everyone says that, but. Mm-hmm. Having experienced it now and, and met the bunch of guys, <laughs> the bunch of guys there, um, and and not just the speakers, the the, the people in the crowd were right. as knowledgeable yeah. as some of the speakers. So, um, you know, I would certainly not just saying that, but I think it was truly one of the better events that I've been to. And yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. As I say, you get to meet everyone. It's a smaller event, not well publicized, but you get to you know, spend a bit of time with everyone and yeah, great, you know, just picking up small bits here and there from various different people and then you go away right. with a whole bunch of ideas um, and that's what it's all about and uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the Anaheim. It seems like a long time ago, I know it was only like three weeks ago, but it seems mm-hmm. like a bloody lifetime ago, but right. Uh, <laughs> I just started following up with people. I, you know, I, one of those things where you're at conferences and you're like, okay, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to go through my notes. And, um, and I just started doing that this week, kind of, uh, pinging people and saying, Hey, love the talk, that kind of stuff. And so, but yeah, it seems like it's been a, a month or so now, but it's only been a, a number of weeks. Uh, but I agree with you that, you know, I've, most of the events I've attended in the past have been like your social or, uh, SMX, um, events and, and now I feel like I've, <laughs> I feel like I've been missing out on uh, on the real uh, kind of in- information and, and I, really the networking that's out there. And so I agree, this is probably the one of the the better um, events I've been to, and definitely the the networking. Uh, like you mentioned, I learned as much from people that weren't speakers as those that were. And it seems like everybody that was attracted to that, you know, and it's not a huge conference, but everybody that was involved, you kind of have to be in almost a, a sub network of, in and of itself just to kind of, I guess, be familiar with that event. So if there's uh, events in the future um, from any of those uh, those two uh, sides of the camp, I'm definitely in for sure. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hopefully they'll invite me back next year. Um and, and I can speak again because um, I wasn't sure what to expect this time and didn't really understand the audience. But I think although I got a lot of good feedback from my talk, I think I could do a lot better um, next time. Uh, I, think, I think it was well received. I think people enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But it was still, you know, my first time. I wasn't sure what level the audience was at. hadn't really met anyone in person. Uh-huh. So, right. it was, you know, I was kind of like, 
you know, what should what angle should I go in at? And it, obviously, the, the talk was well received. But I think now that I understand the level of people there, then if they give me another crack at it next year, then hopefully I can do even better again. And as I say, I want the excuse to come out there. But even if I don't come as a, a speaker, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I will be forced um, to come along <laughs> just yeah, to yeah, as an attendee for sure. Um, I mean, out, out of the talking about the Anaheim event and um, stuff like that, you were saying that you um, learned a lot. Was there was there any one person in particular that, that you gained a lot from and what was it you actually gained or was it just a whole bunch of small little things from different people that accumulated to you know, some good ideas for yourself. How, you, what was the standout for you? Yeah, there, there was kind of two takeaways. Obviously, there's some really cool um, hacks, and those are the stuff that that are you know really sexy. Um, not not only some of the the cool stuff that you threw out there, but uh, I think Clinton Butler had some really cool um, like just you know stuff that uh, he's doing that's just like cutting edge. So that stuff's always really really awesome. Um, looking to implement it. Uh, I took away some really interesting stuff on the local side. Uh, I, I would say that's one area where I feel like I've, I've uh, not been as strong in the local marketing. We do have some local clients. It's about 50-50. So took away some stuff there and already starting to implement that. But I think the larger stuff that I took away is, uh, and Lisa had a talk and then uh, Kevin, a couple of the presenters there. And a lot of their stuff was more procedural. procedural. Um, and nothing they said in in my mind was like groundbreaking, but it was it was very um, practical, and it really kind of got me thinking about reworking our processes and realizing that um, by doing that, you're 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 usually um, leveraging that organization and reducing the amount of work uh, and rep- repetition that you need. Uh, in the business. And that's particularly the case. And the biggest challenge I think for people on the client side is uh, creating systems so that you can leverage more of your time, um, pass more um, fees onto your client, have a better product. So those are the, I think that's the biggest practical takeaway, but of course there's a lot of uh, more um, gray hat, black hat stuff that I'm definitely going to be toying with uh, when I have the time and opportunity. No, I think I would agree with you. I certainly felt that from you know what I've gathered from the event and stuff like that, that certainly these guys out there are literally automating the shit out of everything. Exactly. Literally yeah. everything. Um, stuff that I didn't even know could be automated has been automated. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was eye-opening. But as you say, it depends on where you're at in your career and, and what your knowledge is like. You know, there was something for everyone there. Right, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, great event. So if anyone's ever looking to go to a real good event where there's going to be plenty of takeaways, whether you're um, like Adam doing client work or whether you're like me doing affiliate stuff or whatever, there's always going to be something there for you. Um, and even just the contacts alone, as well is probably worth the money um so yeah great event um so did you stay on after that to go to disneyland or, or was the no uh, we we came a couple days early so i did about a half day in anaheim with the family 
um, enough to, to get a flavor of Disneyland. Uh, and then the rest of the time was just at the conference. And then we jetted back, uh, back home. I had some uh, friends uh, coming out of town, so didn't get to stay as long as I would have liked. Um, now I'm kind of kicking myself. I guess there's a third day that uh, I, mi- I, I kind of misunderstood the direction of that. Um, but now, now getting more information, I'm like, man, I, I should have uh, stayed for that. But next year, for sure. So. Next year. Yeah, I think the third day, um, I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. Um, obviously, I wasn't at the event previously, but it was a lot of um, guys just sitting around the table shooting the shit, no cameras. Right. Uh, yeah. Just advice, constant advice. So, um, yeah, it was good. Um, you, I think you probably did miss a trick if you didn't go for that third day, but uh, okay. you live and learn. <laughs> and, right, right, right. Uh, obviously, time doesn't always allow you to stretch it out and, and enjoy it. Um, you know, for the full duration, you know, people have got other commitments and stuff, but I think probably 30 or 40 guys hung back for the third day mm-hmm. and, and and the rest of the people kind of went away Friday morning and whenever, most likely similar to yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, great event. Um, I ended up going to Vegas after uh-huh. that event. Um, I went along to PubCon and uh, I didn't particularly set out to go to PubCon as such. Um, but I thought, while I'm there, I want to see Vegas and right. yeah. uh, enjoy a bit of sunshine. So I popped along to PubCon after it. Um, but two different types of events, in, in my opinion. And it was good. PubCon's always good for networking and stuff, but I don't think the knowledge and stuff is the same. Two different types of events, as I say. But, um, yeah, Vegas was also good. Uh, and... and enjoyed my time in America, my first time in America. So it was a lot of fun and getting to meet guys like you in person. Um, I think it's always good to meet people in person. It's weird talking to people online and then right. you, you you bump into them in person. And um, I've done that quite a, with a lot of people um, at NFG as well, you know, Jordan Pierce and Mike Pierce and uh, Clint and uh, Stephen Kang and, all of them guys, I've seen a lot of the guys about online for many years, and then right. to, and you get this weird perception of people, and then you, you meet them, and you're like, Jesus, they're not like that at all. Um, as well, it's strange. It's a strange yeah. one. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was that was my original motivation for um, getting out there was really just to put a not even a face to a name because I've, you know, I've interviewed uh, not interviewed but done roundup posts for a number of folks. Um, and so I've got to know them through their work, through their expertise, of course, some networking through um, various groups uh, online, but really putting, uh, kind of getting that face-to-face, uh, I think helps, you know, and it definitely, definitely adds new dynamic. Um, and let's be honest, like sometimes this business can be challenging, uh, whether you're doing client or affiliate stuff, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be in any other business. I love it. But uh but it's good to, you know, to, to connect with others in the business. Not only do you learn like from each other, um, but just having, I guess, that support group, like, you know, I don't know what, what it's like where you're at, but there's very few knowledgeable um, uh, SEOs uh, in our town. And I have one friend who's, uh, 
you know, we, we, we always joke cause it's like if all of the, the, uh, top SEOs in Spokane were, uh, in a bus <laughs> and it, uh, got hit by a car that would basically knock out the whole local industry. And, uh, that's not far from the truth. So it's good to, it's good to reach out to others that are in the industry and, um, get kind of just that, that networking, you know, I think, um, personally, you know, I'm from Glasgow in Scotland and I think it's pretty much the same. There's a handful of good SEOs here and the rest are, you know, just playing along. There's a few agencies and, and whatnot. But, you know, hand on heart, in the whole of Scotland, there's probably five or six mm-hmm. guys that I would, you know, that I've actually met. There may be more guys that I've never met and I'm not aware of their work, but, you know, there's certainly not a huge amount of them. They certainly don't network in you know, talk to each other and all that kind of stuff. They they kind of hide what they're doing and mm-hmm. and you know whatever, um, which is fine. Um, I get it, but yeah, it's one of those. It's good to meet other people and just bounce ideas off of people, or you know, just I'd be able to pick up the phone or t- text message someone and just say, "Listen, what do you think of this?" Or I've heard about that, and um, yeah, as you say, a bit of support and. And, and, and encouragement sometimes because it can be a boring ass job. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, sitting times, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I thoroughly enjoy the the traveling and networking and partying and stuff like that. Although I didn't do too much partying in Anaheim. Um, well, yeah, you um, were you were on another time zone with a with a toddler and. Gosh, you're brave, man. I've uh, I've traveled internationally with kids once, and I don't know if I uh, want to do it again. At least with with a young one, so that can be a challenging uh, it endeavor was, for sure. It's it's certainly you know my kid's eight months old now, and you know it's eight hour time difference, and people talk about jet lag and oh, yeah. you know it's a lot of bullshit and stuff. But when your kid Oh, yeah, it's a whole other dynamic. <laughs> sleeps and eats at his UK time. Right. Um, you've got to wake up and go and speak at a conference and talk to people. It's it's hard going, and then everyone's drinking all day and all night, and I'm falling asleep there. And, yeah, it's <laughs> it certainly was hard, um, especially, I, you know, something I could have probably handled slightly better with without the, the baby being there, but I quite enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, taking the the wife and the baby around as well and they can get to see all these places as well rather than just me we make it yeah into um, a bit of a break and why not it was 30 degrees and it was right great place (laughs) so yeah it was good but a little a little tiresome I'm still knackered just now I've actually suffered I only came home to the UK on Sunday oh wow Um, And I'm suffering the reverse side where I keep waking up at like 1 a.m. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. probably 9 a.m. where you are, um, ready to do work. And, uh, you know, I'm working from like 1 a.m. to like 6, 7 a.m. Oh then falling gosh. asleep and I'm struggling to get out of that pattern this week. But yeah. I'll slowly, slowly get myself out of it. But, uh, yeah, that's the only downside to traveling about and not especially going to the other side of the world. It's uh, the time zone, but especially when you're getting old like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Much. But uh, but no, it's uh, I, as I say, it was a great event and some some good takeaways from it, as you say. But other than that, um, 
was there anything else that stood out for you at the event? You know, if people are saying, get, you know, get out with the talks and all that kind of stuff, is there any other reason why you would pay? Because obviously the, you pay a premium to go to these events and mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people saying, oh, there's no way I'm paying, you know, X, Y, and Z. I don't know what the price was, but um, you know, I'm not paying X amount of money for that. What would you say to people who have that mindset? Because obviously you've invested in a ticket there and – you know, a hotel accommodation and travelling. So right. there's a serious expense for you there. Um, and, I, I, you know, just what I, what I don't understand, or, yeah, well, I do, I kind of understand it, is a lot of people won't even spend 200 bucks on a course, never yeah. mind, you know, what you spent getting to the event and travelling and, and obviously your own time as well and right. stuff. So a big investment from you. Um, yeah. So No, I think... Know, I think I, I have, I've been, that's the thing I always tell people, like people that know me know, like outside of SEO, like my wife and I do investments, investments, we do real estate. Um, last few years, I've been getting heavy into the stock market. But the one thing I always tell people is you have to invest in yourself. Like it's the, it, it sounds cheesy. It sounds cliche, but like, that's the best investment you have. It, and really, you, if you're going to start investing, quote unquote, investing, you need to start start first with yourself. If you have a business, then invest in your business and then worry about all the other stuff, stocks, bonds, real estate, all that stuff. But if you're not willing to invest in yourself, like, and, and that's what these kind of things are, these events, they're investments. Um, I mean, look at this now. So we connected at the conference. Um, I think I've, uh, you know, I've, you've been in some of our roundup posts and now we're doing a podcast. And so None of this would have ever come about if it wasn't for me to say, you know, for me being willing to invest money and time to go to an event, learn, network. And so people need to really start to understand the value of opportunity cost, um, not only in their businesses, but just in their own, um, you know, personal uh, ecosphere, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, typically you know, I don't, after the event, like, yeah, the, maybe it's a premium. I guess it's fairly comparable to me as far as what I paid for other conferences, but I, I don't think they really, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, but they probably didn't charge enough to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you're looking at the value of, of what you get. And so, so like, you know, that's definitely something to keep in mind. Now there are conferences out there and there are events where they're just trying to take your money and, you know, and it, you don't end up learning anything. And, and so it's not that people shouldn't be um, discerning of what to invest in, but, and, and I've actually wasted, you know, there was one year I spent, gosh, probably, I spent probably upwards of $10,000 and I'm not even joking in workshops, seminars, mentorship programs. And a lot of it probably, you know, some of it was probably wasted, but the mindset behind that is what keeps you going. Um, and so really it's a mindset thing. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's the key is having a mindset. And in this industry, if you, if you don't have an appetite for learning, like just get out now. I mean, honestly, like, cause it's an always changing environment. Um, you know, when I was studying software development, uh, it's like by the time you get out of school, everything you learned is obsolete. Well, SEO is, is two times as fast as that. And there is no curriculum. So, you know, I would just say, if you don't have the mindset to learn and invest in yourself, you're 
probably in the wrong industry um, and probably should find something else to do. But for a beginner, you know, guys that are entering the industry and, and obviously you've come from a software background and obviously software is not SEO, but right. it's, it's kind of similar where, you know, it's a, it's a up and coming thing. And, you know, when someone designs software, you know, the, the buyer doesn't really know what they're buying and it's the same with SEO and whatnot. But how would someone who is following your advice in terms of investing in yourself how do you identify the the good from the crap? You know, how do you make these choices as to what's a good conference and what's not? Because as you say, you paid, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of if you, if we want to compare the prices of um, NFG rock stars to say some of the other conferences, you know, the the price is five times higher. Um, for NFG and that can be off-putting to some people Um, and what you don't want to do is pay a premium and you get a bag of shit and I'm sure you've been (laughs) in that position as well where you've paid a premium and went what the fucking hell is this Um, and you know I've been there as well but I'm just curious to know how do you identify Do, do you just accept that you're going to get your fingers burnt and robbed at some point or or are you looking at something else? How do you identify the good ones? Yeah, it's a good question. And I don't have a perfect answer. Again, I, I guess I can only take it back to to traditional investing. If, if you think of investing in yourself, like it's a lot like investing in maybe the stock market. Like you're going to you're going to find some investments that are going to pay off and they're going to find others that are, are not. But if you're continuing down that path, eventually the good's going to outweigh the bad. And so that would be one thing is, again, like you're not always going to strike gold with everything you do. But on the flip side, there's, you know, there are ways to tell like where you want to get embedded with uh, a community, a, a conference, et cetera. And, and that's by really kind of understanding who it is uh, that's there. Maybe it's the speakers or who the audience is. Um, what the takeaways are. Um, and so those are the kind of things that I look at, um, with, with this conference, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of the people cause I, that were, were, were there, um, through my own online association. So I already, I already had some, uh, background on, you know, on the conference, um, whereas conferences I've done in the past have been really just, you know, a lot of shills from, you know, larger companies and stuff like that. Um, and of course, you know, I've, even in those, I've had opportunities like, you know, I went to a number of years ago, I went to SMX um, West and didn't learn a ton from the conference itself. But it was through that that I got to hang out and party at the Google headquarters. And so had I not been there and, uh, you know, at that time, I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So so it really is all kind of how you take things away away from it. But Honestly, the the biggest value from any conference, whether it's one like we went to or larger, it's not usually the talks, it's the networking. And if you go in with that, that in mind, I don't think you can really lose. Just figure out ahead of time, do a little bit of research, figure out who's going to be there. Um, maybe connect with them ahead of time and say, hey, I see you're going to be at X conference um, you know, on this date. Love to buy you a beer or coffee. Uh, that's where you're going to get most of your gold. And that's, you know, just about any kind of industry conference you go to, that's what people say is the, the, the true value is at the, the after parties and the networking events. So, 
at the bar. I think. Exactly, yep. And now so, you start to hear, and this is no joke, like I've got mates who, uh, one of my mates came to an event, I'm not going to say who the mate is or what the event was because I don't want to name names, but my mate came to one of the events and on his iPad he had the names of people that he wanted to talk to about specific things. Mm-hmm. So he went to this event and started to go look for people at bars to get them drunk, to get the knowledge out of them. So people actually have strategies going to conferences, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. strategies around who they're going to get drunk and get the information from, which is quite funny, actually. Um, yeah. But you've got to do what you've got to do. And, uh, well, and if, think- if, if you have to justify, that, that's the thing, too. Like, I like just going to conferences and kind of letting – letting things fly, you know, just kind of go with the flow. But if, if you really are in a point where it's a lot of money to get to a conference that you got your eye on and you need to justify that cost, then go ahead and justify it. Say, I'm going to this conference and the goal is to, you know, generate five leads or generate a connection with these people because I know it will, it will, it will give me ROI. So if that's what you have to do to, you know, kind of trick your brain into, um, investing in your yourself, then I say like more power to you. But you you also learn a lot of interesting things. Like so, I so here's a perfect example. Um, one of my one of the few people I know here locally in town, uh, and this kind of stuff, this is the kind of stuff that happens. So he's one of few like SEOs that I in Spokane that I recognize as being um, you know top of the game. So we actually met in Silicon Valley at the SMX West conference. And ironically, I overheard him talking about a, uh, a town uh, close to the area. And I'm like, wait, you live there too? So we, we literally live probably 20 minutes from each other, um, never had met, never knew of each other's work, et cetera, and met at this conference in California and we've done multiple projects together. You know, we collaborate. We still get together and and kind of talk shop. And that would have never happened, um, you know, had I not just been there, right time, right place. So those kind of things happen all the time. Ironically, at another conference that we went to, uh, this is kind of a funny story. So he was at the bar uh, and met with basically the head of. SEO for a major auto dealer. And this is, I mean, a company you would, you would recognize. I'm not going to say their name, but she, she, after a couple of beers confided in him that she didn't know how to rank a website. And, you know, we were both blown away by this. We're like, you got to be kidding me. This, this gal's getting, you know, who knows what she's getting for a salary, but she admitted to him, you know, she didn't even know how to rank a website. So there's, you know, there's those kind of happenstance things that happen that, you just can't reproduce outside of those kind of environments. <laughs> um, I think you're you're spot on. Um, but out, out with all of the kind of learning and investing learning and all the other um, kind of stuff, um, do you spend time doing online courses or is that a complete waste of time or, you know, um, I've, I've done some, honestly, you know, and this, is, this goes back into like, you don't have to spend, you know, tons and tons of money to get good education. Like I've, I found some, a lot of free materials just on YouTube, you know, and 
So there's there's plenty of people sharing content out on the web for free. I mean, yourself included. I've watched, you know, before I've seen you live, I've watched a number of your talks. Um, I've done... I've done some decent like Udemy courses in the past when I wanted to brush up on pay-per-click marketing. So there are, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg for this kind of stuff. Um, I, I've always seen ROI. So there's few things that um, I, I throw discretion out the window when it comes to money and it's basically books, travel and, and these kind of events. And in those kind of scenarios, I, I, you know, not to say money isn't, is an op, isn't a, uh, a barrier, but I, I typically will look the other way for those things because I know they're going to pay dividends. But you can get started learning a ton just by figuring out who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't and following their stuff and kind of parsing it out from there. Um, and so that get, that'll that get you, you know, pretty far just in, in and of itself. Yeah, I think for me, the key is not to follow too many people as well because... I would say in the first probably five to seven years of my SEO career um, was probably following the wrong people, you know, oh, yeah. and two of them. So one guy would say something and I would fully, you know, stop what I was doing and follow what that guy was saying and implement everything he was saying. And then another guy would say something which would, you know, I was just doing d- double, treble work and it's just counterproductive. So I think mm-hmm. following a select few and would be my advice to anyone who's looking to not go to conferences but maybe you know look at people who write books or do online courses or right uh, things like that um as i say there's there's some great stuff out there as you say for free as well and um there's some good paid stuff as well but there's a the, the the thing that's rife in our industry in particular is 95% of what's out there is complete and utter bollocks Right. Um, including books and everything you know people are writing books for fun now because they want to be able to say in the linkedin profile that they're an author Mm -hmm. and you know that's what i'm seeing just people want to see i'm an author as if that's a cool thing and great for someone who's written a book and that's doing it for the right reasons and offering value back and stuff but i think there's a lot of guys out there who want to say that they're an author (coughs) because it looks good or it may seem impressive to them um, or, or whatever it may be. So I would always encourage people to to beware um, of that stuff and always check people's track records out and stuff. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think you get a feel for that anyway. You know, I, I think there's a lot, and it's not just in our industry. It seems like online now that you have people that are, they're making all of their money teaching you how to make money, which I, in some extents, in some realms, that's fine. Like if you want to do that, but like you, you get a lot of these quote unquote gurus that only sell courses and that's all they've ever done, you know? And that's that. And so that, that, that bothers me. And, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that sell courses that like they're, they're legit. And so, so, Parsing those two scenarios, I think, is is the biggest challenge because, you know, anybody with a nice retargeting campaign can make themselves look like, you know, they're the latest guru for whatever. Um, and so, you know, I would just be leery and make sure that, hey, if, if somebody's selling a course on something, make sure that they're not just experts on selling courses, that they've actually done 
you know, what they're teaching, you know, from bolts to nuts. And in that case, I would say, you know, go for it. And, and so that's the biggest challenge I see is you get a lot of people that are hungry and new, um, you know, be it in our industry or others like social media marketing or, you know, home flipping, whatever it is. And they're, they're hungry. Um, but a lot of them get taken by people that, that really haven't done what they're teaching. They just are, are good at selling courses. And so, you know, you know, it doesn't hurt to figure out like if somebody's selling you something, whether it's a car or a course, like, or even like, like what we do with agency work, get referrals, like say, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested, but I don't want to waste my money. Can you connect me with a few of your clients that, you know, that would give me, you know, give you a good word. And so I don't think there's any harm or foul in that. Um, you know, whether you're somebody selling a course or doing SEO or building a website, like it's fine to check references. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, one thing I'll go back to is when you say that people are doing good retargeting and they are making all their money selling courses and they've never done anything else. I'm now starting to see a wave of people who slag people who just sell courses as if they're not selling courses, but they really are selling courses. Um, it's insane. Um, right. Right. Guys mocking, like deliberately making videos mocking someone who sells courses because they're full of shit and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they have some course off the back of that. That doesn't even make sense. That seems like the height of hypocrisy. And again, I don't get me wrong. Like I'm not against courses. Like, you know, I, I'm just about finding the right courses. And unfortunately there's so much, and it goes back. Our industry is, is a plagued with this, you know, there's so much misinformation. And so finding out and separating the signal from the noise is, I think the biggest challenge. And uh, along with you, like I was, I was on kind of the quote unquote white hat, like, you know, um, the path of learning where everything that came out through say Ma, a Moz type company, or, you know, I would believe it, but then I would never see any fruits of, of a lot of the stuff that was being promoted out there. And, and so it's funny cause I come, I've come full circle early on. I was back when you, you could do black hat and black hat was basically white hat. Like it was kind of the golden era and then there's this kind of middle ground where it's like, okay, now there's this new thing called white hat and inbound marketing and everything is, you know, nice and pretty and has a bow. And, and, and now I'm kind of like full circle where, you know, almost gray hat. And I think that's also the biggest challenge we have now too. Like I was talking to someone the other day and, and like Google is kind of like communist Russia where anything you do is against the law or against their rules. So people don't even listen to the rules anyway, because it doesn't matter what you do, good intent or not, like you're breaking them. And, and so I think, unfortunately, they've created an environment where, um, you know, people are starting to kind of see through the veil and be like, look, I, I could, I could try to play by your rules. And I, and, and honestly, like if I could, if I could trust that environment, I'd be happy to, but unfortunately I just can't. And so, so it's, it's funny cause I'm seeing a lot of people kind of come full circle where their, their hats quote unquote are getting a, a darker by the day. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. Um, and even if you get those white hat guys that <coughs> strictly say the white hat, um, you know, I do a lot of black hat talks and stuff and, and, 
these guys are always like, yeah, that was really good shit, and they want to dig more. They're like, tell me more about this, tell me more about that. And you're like, dude, what happened to your white hat shit? Right. And you're like, no, 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 fuck that Just stuff. Threw it in the trash. <laughs> so, as you say, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who still follow that stuff, but they don't see the ROI from the, the the work that they're putting in, and they're working like absolute dogs, creating yeah. Yeah. evergreen content and all this kind of bullshit. Um, and and you know, hoping that uh, the tooth fairy is going to send over some links or whatever the kind of going um, spiel that Google are telling people that actually happens there. Um, you know, you're going to have a long wait doing that stuff. And I, I'm I'm very similar to you. I I went the full circle. Um, started off as nothing more than just a CD spammer, <laughs> and. Uh, then started to try and become more professional and try and do things properly and never really seen any benefit to it. So now it's just full on breaking rules and mm-hmm. uh, just hoping for the best really and, and, and right. trying shit out and um, forgetting about what Google says. You say they, they don't want us pissing on their carpet, so right. to speak, and uh, we'll tell you that everything's illegal, you know, regardless of how small the things are, yeah, you broke something, you know, you're going to get penalised or you're going to be slapped by a, a you know, an algorithmic update or, or whatever it may be. You just can't do right for doing wrong. And, um, yeah, I think you've just got to use your use your common sense and say, to hell with this, let's, let's just do something to make some money in the short term and, yeah, well, that's that's a challenge too. And like, not only do you have you have small and uh, mid sized type, you know, people in the industry that are throwing out all this stuff, but then you have the onslaught of the the big companies, the the Googles, and then the Google backed, you know, purveyors of quote unquote truth. And so it's it's a real it's a real challenge, you know. And so that that's the other thing I would encourage people is like you know, keep, keep working at it. And anything you listen to, whether someone sounds reputable or not, like take it with a grain of salt and actually test it out and find out yeah. what works for yourself. Um, I mean, even with a lot of the artificial intelligence stuff that's out there and with uh, Google's, you know, rank brain, et cetera, like just because someone says something works, it may work for them. But if you're, especially on the service side, if you're in a different industry, what works for them may not work for you know you or your target clientele um, because there's a lot of divisions, uh, at least from my understanding, in, in how Rank Brain uh, works. And so the more AI that gets rolled into this stuff, I think the more division you're going to have between a uh, like a, a whole be-all, end-all type strategy. And so um, that's where things like testing and experimenting and, and also... Um, getting in and, and figuring out what's what's really working for people, the stuff that they're maybe not publishing in mass, because uh, that's where you really start to break some ground. Yeah. Um, but what I'm curious to know about is obviously talking about, you know, you've came the full circle and, you know, you do a bit of this and you do a bit of that. Obviously, you're still doing client work. You know, what do you do you tell the clients that you just do a bit of this and a bit of that? Or do you say I'm white hat, but do black hat stuff or, you know, how, how do you pitch that to, to, you know, the client side of things? You know, 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, honestly, to be honest, most of our clients, if if I go into black hat and or white hat, they may have heard those terms, but they really don't know what, uh, you know, they they don't know what the difference is. Um, and so, honestly, unless the client brings it up, I don't really go into like what is quote unquote black hat or white hat. Um, you know, I have a good answer prepared, um, but it doesn't. It honestly comes up a lot less than you would imagine. At least that has for me. Most of our clients, you know, they don't care whether it's SEO or social media marketing, what have you. Like they just know that they have a business and they they want to grow uh, their business. They want to bring in ROI. And so as long as they can do that and do that consistently, um, they're happy. And for a lot of our clientele, they're, you know, they're mid to small size startups. And so um, I just never really run into an issue. And, you know, I do a lot of stuff that is, you know, I guess, quote unquote, white hat, but I'm not opposed to doing things which are questionable as long as I feel that the, the level of risk and the mitigation paths are, are apparent. So, you know, there's ways to mitigate even stuff that Google may not necessarily approve of, um, and fix those things. But the, on the flip side, how many of us have known people that have done stuff, you know, uh, at least what they thought was by the book and they've been penalized or flagged. And so like, just because you're doing, you know, what you think is white hat, or maybe you're not even really doing any marketing at all. Like maybe you're just kind of running your business and, and Google decides one day that they don't like your business because maybe you're in the payday loan business, or maybe you're a holistic medicine practitioner. Like you didn't do anything that was black hat. You just happened to be in the target of what Google deems not, you know, not approved. So I guess the takeaway is like, you can get screwed uh, more than one way by uh, the big uh, capital G um, so, so why not try to do what's in the best, uh, for your, in, for your business to grow it. And that's kind of our strategy. Like we never really want to put clients at risk and, and we're going to do our best to do that. But for most of our clients, like there's only upside by investing in digital marketing. So that's, that's our objective. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's interesting. I, I just be curious to find out, um, whether, you know, cause but I used to have an agency and mm-hmm. um, this was, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago or, or whatever. And you used to have people saying, don't want any of that black cat stuff though. And all that kind of stuff. And you had to say, oh no, no, of course we would never run risk to your site and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course you were doing stuff that potentially could risk your site anyway, regardless. <laughs> but, yeah. Curious to know if that was still a thing. Um, when you were dealing with uh, clients on a day-to-day basis, yeah, I mean, normally what I what I tell people, the the few that have asked, I just say, look, anything you do to try to manipulate the search engines is technically black hat. Like, so if I create a blog for you, a blog post, and it can be the the best you know articulated blog post that's really relevant to your industry, but if if in the back of my mind, I'm writing this with the intent that it ranks like that's technically black hat. So when you explain that to people, they kind of understand, you know, like, like you don't have to be, you know, running like snook leaks or, or scrape box or all this other stuff to be quote unquote black hat. You could, you know what I mean? And so 
again, and again, this goes back into what we we're talking about earlier, where Google's made it so hard to, to play by the rules and actually have it make sense that, um, you know, that it's, it, you kind of have to turn a blind eye to some, at least some of that stuff. If you, if you really want to have a chance. Yeah. I think you've, as you said earlier, you've got to try and test stuff for yourself and find out what actually works and what doesn't and take it from there um, and and implement what you feel might work. (laughs) Well, the interesting thing too is like uh, you look at a lot of the data that's out there and it seems like this is kind of my theory is that especially with the introduction of rank brain uh, and other things, it seems like, there's a lot of stuff that's come full circle and it seems to me like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you were to uncover, you know, the, the man behind the curtain, so to speak, that a lot of these uh, algorithm updates are almost circular. So things that worked years ago, all of a sudden are starting to work again, even though those tactics are quote unquote black hat, you know, so the, the threshold of your keyword density and stuff like that, there's a lot of people talking about that. A lot more now, it seems, than they did four or five years ago, um, and and so it's just ironic to hear some of these things that people are are finding in their test, um, and and so to me, it seems like Google's just trying to constantly move the target, uh, maybe just to disrupt and 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 have people in our industry give up. But if if you're good at doing kind of that backwards and engineering the analysis. And there's, there's a lot of uh, good resources for that these days. Like you're always going to have an opportunity to, um, to rise above, above uh, the fold. Cause we're at the end of the day, just dealing with algorithms. So. Yeah. I mean, I think if I, you know, thinking about it, um, you know, if I was Google and I was the decision maker in terms of how we're going to stop all these SEOs gaming the, the system is such it is, it's just to throw confusion into the mix and mm. you know something that worked really well two, three years ago that they have now made not work, you know, why not bring it back in? Because people are not looking in that area anymore. Right. And exactly. going, oh, you know, I was penalized for that, you know, two, three years ago. So I'm clearly never going to try that one again. And right. they just forget about it and look for because I think, in my opinion, people are often NS, you're looking for something that's not there. They're looking for the next big trick. Mm-hmm. You know, something right. I think you just have to do the core things that have always worked, right? Um, and not focus too much on stuff that's only going to give you a little bit of value. Um, and yeah, I think it's all just a game of kidology with Google. So I would tend to agree with what you're seeing there. They just fuck about and try and confuse us all, and 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 put myself in their, their shoes. Would I do the same thing? That's exactly what I would do. I'd lie through my teeth right. anytime anyone was questioning me and I would just throw confusion to all of the the guys out there um, and just make things work, then stop them from working. And yeah. Well, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I understand you can introduce advancements. You can bring artificial intelligence into your, you know, sorting algorithms and you can roll out things like schema markup and different syntaxes, um, you know, but at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that you could utilize if you were Google or another search engine, a lot of it comes down to the same core things. You know, you have links, you have user signals, uh, traffic signal, you know, all these things. And so, 
<clears throat> they can only kind of rehash the the recipe so many times. And so that's why it's good to kind of revisit like some of these things like, okay, is, you know, and, and that's what it seems like people are finding like, wow, like I noticed like having, you know, a higher keyword density is more relevant or seems to be more relevant than it was three or four months ago, you know? And, and so I, I think a lot of this stuff comes full circle um, and uh, it's just all about testing and, and, backwards engineering you know what's working and and rolling that into your own systems so yeah oh, definitely um i think it's a wise way to look at it and uh, i think you're very much on point <laughs> with the way you think you think you know that's the way i think as well and i tend to agree a lot with what you're saying on that front and it's just weird how you know there's only so many changes that google can implement before they run out of ideas so um yeah we just but as i say we've just got to keep on top of it and and continue to find out what's working and yep absolutely. And fill for as long as we can um, kyle but, uh kyle roof i don't know if anyone can find it but he uh not this uh he's a uh, he's actually a fantastic speaker as well. Like not only is he a super smart dude, he did a talk, I think in Dallas and I watched some stream live, a live stream of it, but like he made just an amazing case and argument um, for why SEO will never go away. And um, you know, I'm not going to be able to articulate it as well as he did, but if you ever get a chance to get a hold of that talk um, certainly do it because you know, his whole bent is, is if you can, if you can, as long as you can see what's working and have ways to backwards engineer it, uh, SEO will never be dead. And, and, and it was kind of an aha moment for me. Cause it's like, that's true. Like, you know, we, we don't know what the secret sauce always is, but we know like, you know, in this niche with this keyword or this theme, these 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 websites are ranking so that's a data point we can reference and repu- replicate and as long as that environment exists like seo will never be quote unquote dead so yeah no it's not, I, I, I you know you hear a lot of people saying it's dead and i think it's very much far from it google want it to be dead but right we're still fighting away and still bringing in a hell of a lot of traffic through organic search so Long may that continue. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but sadly, we are out of time. Um, right. That's been 55 minutes, which wow. is not bad. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, we've offered some great value in terms of where to learn and, you know, how to identify different things and invest in yourself and everything else. But for anyone who may want to seek further advice from you or reach out to you or, you know, talk to you or whatever it may be, where is the best place for people to get a hold of you? Yeah. So probably the best way is just through, um, through our agency site. So it's, um, nleaf, um, that's E as an echo and as a Nancy leaf, like a tree. So nleaf.com. Um, they can reach out there via the contact form. Um, we have a number of tools there as well. So just throw that out there. Um, a couple of tools that we've put out to the community, um, some website graders, headline, headline analyzers, and some other tools that are rolling out. So it's a great way to get in touch with us, see some of our work, take advantage of some of the tools that we put out in the community. Um, we also have a number of um, 
uh, informative and interesting blog posts, some featuring yourself. So uh, that's probably the best way. They can also reach me directly at adam at nleaf.com. Perfect. Um, you should probably tell people more that you've got these tools, by the way, because I had no idea that you were rolling <laughs> yeah, out food. I, I, none, <laughs> of them are, none of them are groundbreaking, but uh, you know, not to belabor the point, but basically I find tools that I – uh, that are out there that uh, that maybe are missing one or two features, and I've rebuilt them and redesigned them. But but yeah, there's a number of tools. I have one more um, tool that's rolling out here soon, which is interesting. It's a keyword research tool. Um, but yeah, it's just something we've been doing. Um, small little tools to help the community uh, help help uh, make your job a little bit easier. Um, all of them are free of charge, and so. Yeah, take advantage of this. Interesting. I'll definitely have a look out and do more research and see what you've got to offer. Although you're playing them down, I'm sure there's some decent value there or you wouldn't be spending the time rolling them out. So I'll have to take a look for yeah, sure. Certainly. But um, no, as I say, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll maybe get you on in the future as well and talk about different subjects, maybe more about tools or, or whatever. So and um, yeah we'll definitely do that but for now thank you very much for joining me oh my pleasure pleasure is mine